This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. There's no ROI on TMI. That's why TD Ameritrade created a learning experience that will actually learn with you. Curated from their vast library of exclusive content, it customizes to fit your investing goals, interests, and needs, so you get exactly the information you need and none of the information you don't. Get started at tdameritrade.com education. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com education. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Cramer. Confidence in the face of COVID is not easily gained. Today's rally, second one in a row, Dow ultimately gaining 496 points. as will be rising 1.15%. NASDAQ dipping 0.45%. Shows us that Wall Street has faith in this stimulus plan. We came in weak this morning, then roared higher before sacrificing some of those gains going to the close because a handful of senators are holding up the bill. Ill-advised. Some Republicans think it's too generous to workers. Bernie Sanders thinks it's too generous to corporations. I say it's impossibly too generous right now. It was the Sanders discordant threat that freaked everybody out. But a lot of people don't seem to understand that he's actually not trying to change the bill. He's trying to fast track it. It's a legislative slideshow. Please, uh, slideshow. Please, no panic. <laughs> the stocks that won big today at the peak were the techs, the industrials, even the oils. And that tells you that the buyers believe that the government can bridge the gulf between now when corona cases are still climbing and later when the scourge is finally vanquished. But is their confidence misplaced? The bipartisan Senate bill certainly shows much greater resolve than we had going into the Great Recession. Washington's pulling out all the stops this time to get money to people who actually need it. That plus the delayed tax filings are huge offsets in favor of employers and employees alike. The fact that we have a business person, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, who understands leverage, I mean, an actual business person who has built and run businesses, makes me feel confident that he'll be able to put that $500 billion earmarked for Treasury to good use to save the industries that are worth saving and need saving, as well as the small and medium-sized businesses that are barely hanging on here that are the base of our country. The idea that small and medium-sized businesses can get loans that can be forgiven if they keep their employees on their payroll, I, I thought that was genius. I want employers to join me and take the pledge to keep people on the payroll for at least 30 days, even if your business is closed as mine are. If we keep our heads collectively above water now, these enterprises will be able to thrive once this is all over. And it will be over. Sooner or later, it will end. I know it is so easy to be pessimistic. I found myself this morning walking the street. Excuse me. I was bummed out. It's going to happen. We've got to pick each other up. But the horrifying numbers are horrifying. Think of this, though. Asia's already bouncing back from this. Of course, they were much more aggressive about containing the virus in the first place, so it's going to take us longer. However, you know what? I'm confident we're going to get there eventually. Until then, the People's Republic of China has an amazing opportunity. 
They have an amazing opportunity to buy and sell some goodwill here by sending us the ventilators and face masks that they don't need, and they've got tons of them. The important thing, at least for today, is the Treasury Secretary Mnuchin knows where the money needs to go. And that's why the market came roaring back after it looked like it was going to roll over this morning. Buyers flooding into the most economically sensitive stocks. The best performers were the companies that actually depend on China. We know the Chinese economy is back in business because Nike just put us some incredible numbers last night. Starbucks has told us so right here on the show. And the online Amazon-like sellers in China are going unbelievable great guns. Alibaba, Tencent. Here in the United States, Secretary Mnuchin will do what's necessary to protect the two million jobs associated with Boeing. We know the Chinese still want to buy our planes, and Boeing's part of a slap-happy duopoly in commercial airplanes. And that's why that stock skyrocketed today. Dow leader up 24 percent. It's up 50 percent, about a blink of an eye. The airlines, they, they got to preserve that industry, too. A lot of jobs. I know Speaker Pelosi called this $500 billion uh, fund a slush fund. And Bernie Sanders called a corporate welfare fund. But you know what? We need corporate welfare right now. When you're on a war footing, you have to spend, unfortunately, you use the analogy like a drunken sailor in order to win. The latest version of the bill is some good oversight provisions that I know Speaker Pelosi's checking off on. And more importantly, when you leverage $500 billion, you end up with a multi-trillion dollar bazooka to help the... No, not a bazooka. Have a, you, you end up with a thermonuclear weapon to destroy, destroy all the pessimism and put the money in the right hands. But, and this is the enormous but, there are some things this stimulus package simply cannot do. It won't create demand at a time when so many consumers are fearful. And it will not defeat the coronavirus. At the end of the day, this is still a public health emergency. We can mitigate the financial damage here. That's the whole point of this bill. But the economy won't come back until we beat the, epi- the pandemic. And that's what they did in China. It's what we need to do here. We still got a long way to go, though, which is why I remain somewhat skeptical of this rally, as you should. You should, too, given to see how easily it was knocked down going into the bell. See, that's not a good sign. And I'm betting there'll be many stocks that have to retest their lows. But many will hold those lows. Here's the crux of the problem. The economy can't fully recover until we squash this outbreak. But to crush COVID, we need to take a huge short term hit. Better the bigger stimulus, the more able to handle the hit. The bigger hit we take, the faster this will be over. To truly eradicate this thing, you have to do what they did in China, a total lockdown. Even New York doesn't have a total lockdown. Governor Cuomo is trying to rein things in, but he was talking to me at his press conference about people still playing basketball in the playground. We have shut the playgrounds, for heaven's sake. They're acting like nothing's wrong, the players, the people walking around. I see them. They're as happy as clams. You got to stay home. In San Francisco, on the other hand, that we're staying home not voluntary, they're seeing far fewer infections than New York. They clamp down faster, more aggressively. Let's learn. We can still stop this pandemic in its tracks by mandating 20 days indoors. Review every five days after that. Let the stimulus tie us over through the emergency. I know it sounds extreme, but without the kind of quarantine, this pandemic could drag on for months. The healthcare system in New York already being overwhelmed, in part because our doctors and nurses need masks. They need gowns. They need all sorts of protective gear. Most of all, the hospitals need ventilators, including CPAP machines. Without thousands more than lots of people will die. Thank heavens the army's involved. Today, the number of new infections increased by, I know this word is going to sound awful, just, as in just 25%, but it's a meaningful deceleration. And if we want that growth rate to keep slowing, we need to keep staying home. I hate it. You hate it. We got to do it. 
And we need to invest a lot more heavily in our healthcare system so that everyone who's fighting this virus gets what they need. On top of that, we should be testing everyone at this point. We're not, and that's a problem. I'm beginning to see some positive signs, though, in the business world. Businesses with good balance sheets are coming around. Taking Mark Benioff, yes, Salesforce pledged to pay their employees for at least 30 days, even if they don't come to work. Kevin Johnson, CEO of Starbucks, pledged to do it. Matt Maddox did it to me, told me today from Wynn Resorts. He's got taken the pledge. The Benioff himself has given hourly workers at Salesforce 90 days of pay, whether they're actually working or not. Those are the hourlies. More big companies need to take the no layoff pledge. They can afford it. We're seeing good start, though. Hey, by the way, CVS, Amazon, Walmart, Lowe's hiring tens of thousands of people, giving terrific bonuses, rewarding these amazing, hardworking stakeholders. Cisco, this one's going to blow you away. It's given $225 million to fight against the coronavirus. It's his own government. Thank you, CEO Chuck Robbins. I am sorry if I missed you. If you're doing something, tell me what you're doing. Take the pledge. Let me help you take the pledge. I keep saying we need to go on a war for it. But this is not like World War II, where we had to melt down steel, copper, brass, anything, racing gasoline, turn plowshares into swords. The war against coronavirus is going to be one with gowns, with masks, with ventilators, with people staying home. Companies agreeing not to lay off their workers or paying them while their stores and businesses are closed. It's a war where the government needs to spend a fortune to keep the economy alive and find some kind of cure or vaccine. And I think they're up to it. At the depths of the Great Depression, FDR created a host of different organizations, some good, some bad, some worked, some didn't. But there was one. It was called the National Recovery Act, the NRA. Eh, it wasn't that great. But you know what their motto was? We do our part. The NRA, we do our part. The bottom line, everyone must do their part if we're going to make it through this without catastrophic loss of life. Stay home if you can. Slow the spread. And if you've got money to spare, donate that so the doctors and nurses can have the masks and gowns they need to keep people alive. We do our part. Think big. Donate big. You will never regret it. Matt in Arizona. Matt. Hey, Jim. Love the show. Thank you, buddy. Do you think Marathon Petroleum is a good buy right now? You I'm know what? I, of the, the refinery margins, I use, uh, I, I use Rusty Brazil from RBN.com. The refinery margins are awful. So uh, you've got a really huge move today. You know what you do with that move? Andrew in Texas. Andrew. Hey, Mr. Jim, Mr. Jim. Booyah from McAllen, Texas. That's where I want to be right now. What's going on? Long-time watcher, but I've only been uh, investing for three weeks. Really? I'm calling in. I'm calling in on El Dorado Resorts or ERI, Mr. Jim. I bought in on the twentieth at ten dollars and thirty-seven cents. It's now it's up to sixteen and a half. Thing is, last week you said you don't want any casinos. Well, we had a nice bounce back here, and I say it's time to do a little ka-ching, ka-ching. I want you to sell half of that, and I want you to be putting it in an S&P index fund. You just started. Let's do diversification as well as good stock picking. Congratulations. You beat me on that one. How about Michelle in California? Michelle. Hi, Jim. Michelle, what's happening? I, I really love your show, and I watch it every night. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Let me not let and you wanna... down. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I don't want to let you down. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you for all you've done for me as an individual investor. You're quite welcome. I I got excited about Revolve Group, RVLV, and bought 100 shares in 2019 at $22.45 a share. The stock is trading in the $8 to $9 range. Well, Michelle, the world changed. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. The world just changed. 
And what was good then is not good now. I think Revolve's got a great business model. I love online. I can't tell you to sell it at eight. But we have to understand that decisions we made did not see COVID-19 coming. And if you want to insulate from COVID-19, you need a good balance sheet, you need demand no matter what, and you need the stimulus package to work its magic, and we need to smash this thing, billions to smash it, and then revolve. We'll come back. I am starting to see some positive signs from the business community. I'm seeing positive signs from Treasury, where I really like the $500 billion. I, but I have to be a little skeptical of the rally because so much has to go right. But you know what we can do, you and me? We can do our part. Think big. Donate big. May have money tonight. Western Digital, they've donated, has soared in a matter of days. But can the move higher continue as questions about the economy impact the market? I got the CEO. Then as stay-at-home orders take shape across states, how is Lowe's handling business in the time of COVID-19? Talking about giving money, talking about doing the right thing, talking about a huge heart. First-hand look at the small business environment, too, with the CEO of Paychex, which, by the way, don't write it off yet. Don't write off small business. Small business is coming back. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. In unprecedented times, access to the right information can help you make better informed investing decisions. That's why TD Ameritrade is committed to providing a range of relevant educational content, like timely articles, informative webcasts, and access to daily live market news, so you can stay on the path to becoming a smarter investor. Learn more at tdameritrade.com slash market hub. TD Ameritrade, where smart investors get smarter. Let me tell you something. We need this $2 trillion stimulus package, especially as you can see how the tech stocks fell apart when Senator Sanders threatened to stop the bill this very afternoon. Still, it's not going to prevent necessarily a global recession, but it would mitigate some of the damage. And that's why I want to be cautious about many of the stocks that have been roaring this week. Consider the commodity tech companies like Western Digital, which makes hard drives and flash memory chips. Historically, this is a business that gets clobbered when the economy takes a big hit. That's why the stock plunged 62% from its highs in January to its lows last Thursday. Since then, though, Western Digital's caught fire, surging more than 50% in a matter of days. I told you there's opportunity beckoning in this market. Even after that run, the stock sports an accidentally high 4.8% yield, and it still seems cheap, selling for less than six times next year's earnings forecast. But this stuff only matters if the company can make the numbers and maintain its dividend. Mighty big if, although tonight's competitor, Micron, said some very good things about some of Western Digital's end markets. Let's take a, a well, let's try to figure this whole thing out with David Geckler. He's the new CEO of Western Digital who just took over oh, this month. He used to be at Cisco. Mr. Geckler, welcome to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. Well, David, they threw you right in the frying pan of the fire. You've just been there for a little bit. Why don't you tell us why you uh, wanted to take the job? You had a very high-level job at Cisco. Chuck Robbins speaks very highly of you, but you just felt you wanted to run a show. Jim, uh, yeah. So first of all, Chuck's a great friend and supporter and great leader. Cisco's a great company. And I think 
You know, when I was there, I ran the world's largest networking business. I ran the world's largest enterprise cybersecurity company. I think it gave me a pretty unique perspective on the world and what's going on. I had the chance to talk to every customer out there. And the amount of technological change is being driven right now, both by cloud computing, a device ecosystem, mobile broadband. This is just completely changing everything about the way business is done, about the way all of us lead our life. That world is powered by data. And that's where Western Digital comes in. The company, in my view, provides one of the raw materials or the essential elements of the digital economy. And I think we're very well positioned. I think this transition is relatively early and we've got a long way to go before this penetrates the global economy. All right. So Micron tonight talked about uh, stronger pricing in some of their businesses. Obviously, they have some overlap with you. Uh, They talk about a recent increase in demand for notebooks. They're basically making a story and the stock's going up after hours that actually, despite what you may hear about COVID, there's some pretty good demand out there for some of the great secular trends of our time. Yeah, that's exactly right, Jim. I mean, the demand has been what I would say is consistent and resilient are two good words that come to mind. It's pretty much what we plan for. Of course, there are some puts and takes across the portfolio, as you would expect in any dynamic environment. But the business continues to flow. The relationships with the customers are great. And the teams are just doing a fantastic job of keeping the factories running around the world so we can supply that demand. No, because keeping the factories running uh, around the world, you also run the risk of oversupply. How tight is flash? Uh, how tight are drives? Uh, I don't think we're, we have an issue with an oversupply with the visibility we have at this point. I think the market is about where we anticipated it. What the, you know, I wasn't here where the team anticipated it coming into this quarter. It's playing about out about that way. Um, you know, we do have all the factories running where we're, we continue to, you know, there's a lot. It's a very dynamic environment. Every morning, it's something different in different places of the world. So the team's adapting to that. But we think that there's uh, there's good demand out there. Well, let's talk about that for a moment, because everyone is on uh, pins and needles about this. I know that, first of all, you immediately made a commitment to try to fight in this war against COVID. Second, you gave some very good examples about what are you doing in the Philippines? So people understand what responsible companies are doing to protect their workers. Why don't you tell us what you're doing? Yeah, so this is a really interesting story and that the team has been doing this. If you think back, we have factories in China. So the team has been doing this going back to January. And it's been just fantastic to watch them, what they learn in one country apply to another, um, whether it's providing all of our employees with thermometers or all the social distancing practices that are being practiced in the factories, the way we get our employees to work and changing that so that they're safe. So really an enormous amount of work. And it it does change every day. Um, But one of the things for us is we have been deemed an essential business by all of the different government uh, mandates that are coming out. And so it's really, and they've been encouraging us to stay open and keep producing. And we've been doing that with a balance between keeping our employees safe, which is super important. And by the way, everybody that can work from home is working from home at Western Digital. People that need to work in the factories are working in the factories, and we're doing everything we can to keep them safe as they do that. And, of course, a lot of these are clean room facilities in the first place. All right. Uh, your predecessor, Mr. Milligan, whom we had him many times and liked very much, made a very strategic acquisition, not that but strategic, a giant acquisition that I think saved the company in Flash. At the same time, uh, he took on debt. 
And when you take on debt these days in this market, people say, whoa, if we're going to recession, that debt is going to crush us. What are you doing about the debt load? And is there any way that you can uh, tell us how the board feels right now about the dividend? Yeah, so first of all, on the acquisition, you're 100% correct. It was a a hugely strategic acquisition. I think it positioned the company incredibly well for the future. I'm super happy with what Steve did and to take over from him. He was obviously a great leader. Uh, We feel like we're in good shape. Um, You know, we've retired an extra $900 million of debt this fiscal year. We feel like our liquidity position is strong. We have access to more capital if we need it. We're watching that very closely. Um, So we feel like we're in a good position, especially given the business continues to flow. Uh, On the dividend, you know, we'll have more to say about that in the future, Jim. It's only I'm only, I think, on day uh, 13 or 14 here. So uh, I do want to put a spot on that. Uh, The last thing that I'm getting is, is that I spoke to probably a half dozen CEOs today about how real the opening in China is, because there's some night pictures that show not a lot of activity. There's some restaurants that are empty. But what I get from Nike and what I get from tech is that it is open for business and returning and in some cases returning in a vengeance. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I mean, we're certainly we have our factories back up and running there. You know, we have one one of the great things I love about Western Digital is we have a very, very large multi-billion dollar retail business as well. We see that coming back in China. So we do see, you know, a return to, you know, we're getting closer to what would be normal there. All right. Well, look, once again, I want to congratulate you for the job, for uh, contributing to the cause uh, with with money and for, uh, I hope, filling the shoes of Mr. Milligan, who we liked very much and is a bold figure in technology. Thank you so much to David Geckler, CEO of Western Digital. Good to see you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Now, we know we have to be cautious about anything tech. Micron did report a good quarter. There's a lot of overlap because they they both do flash. I liked what I heard, but remember, it's tech. Mad Money's back here for the break. This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Investing isn't one size fits all. Every investor has a unique style. That's why TD Ameritrade offers two different mobile apps. There's TD Ameritrade Mobile, which lets you manage your portfolio with streamlined simplicity. Or Thinkorswim Mobile, which gives you tools you need for more advanced trades and in-depth analysis. Visit tdameritrade.com apps to find the one that's right for you. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com apps. You know, I'm skeptical of the balance if we don't defeat COVID-19. And of course, if we don't get the government's payments, the stimulus to the people. But there are plenty of stocks that deserve to bounce this week because they probably never should have been down so much in the first place. Take one of my favorites, Lowe's, the huge home improvement chain. This is a brutal time for retail. But while Lowe's may have earnings risk here, it doesn't have existential risk. Thanks to the successful turnaround efforts of CEO Marvin Ellison, the company's in great shape. We know this because Lowe's can afford to do right by their employees. Their workers now get four weeks of paid sick leave, and they're even given all hourly associates a cash bonus, $300 for full-timers, $150 for part-timers. Heck, they're actively hiring people for 30,000 positions across the country because the stores are still open to sell essential products. They're one of the guys I'd mentioned at the top of the show. These are not the actions of a company that's foundering. So clearly the market overreacted when Lowe's saw its stock fall from $126 at February highs to $60 even last Thursday. Since then, the bargain hunters have pounced correctly, sending the shares back to $83, including a monster 8 
15% gain today. Now, I hate to chase, but this could be worth buying when the market sells off again. I think so. Let's check in with Marvin Ellison. He's the bankable president and CEO of Lowe's to get a better read on how his company's handling business in the time of COVID-19. Mr. Ellison, welcome back to Man Money. Good to see you, sir. Jim, great to be here with you. All right, so Marvin, tell me what you and your associates are doing right now at your stores to do well for your customers, your shareholders, and, yes, the country. Well, Jim, the first thing, the health and well-being of our associates and our customers are the top priority, and our associates are true heroes during this time. But our key is to make sure we're providing those essential items that customers need for their homes, things like refrigerators, freezers, things to make their homes safe. And two-thirds of everything we sell are, are non-discretionary items, which means that customers need these things every single day just to keep their homes functioning appropriately. And we want to be there for the community. Oh, so, so what I'm, I'm understanding when I hear you say that is that there are customers coming by. It's not like it's the end of commerce in this country. You've got some good business. Well, well Jim, we, we have business because this is our key peak season spring, but most importantly, we just want to be there doing this really unprecedented time for our customers and to give them what they need. As customers are spending more time at home, they're finding projects around the house that they need to work on that they've been putting off for a very long period of time. And so these are essential things that we just want to make sure that we're doing all we can to take as much pressure off, but to give their homes the ability to give the customer the comfort as they hang around a little bit more than they're accustomed to. All right, so how are you reconfiguring stores for COVID, and uh, how's online going? Because I know you were, you were a little bit unhappy with yourself online. Have you been able to get where you want to be? Well, Jim, about two-thirds of our online platform is now on Google Cloud. And as a reminder, at the beginning of 2019, we're on a decade-old platform. So the work that the IT and online team have done the last 12 months, it really paid benefits as our online business is picking up during these unprecedented times. But we're taking aggressive steps to keep the store clean, to make sure we're reminding customers of the social distancing you know, requirements that we need to all adhere to. And we're just doing our best to make sure the store environment gives our customers and our stores associates the comfort they need to come in and to interact so that they can get those essential items that they need. Marvin, a lot of people are worried about retailers, they're worried about credit. Uh, a company that gets as much money from the credit markets as you did just the other day, $4 billion notes offering, tells me that people have tremendous confidence in what you're doing. Well, Jim, we're blessed with a strong balance sheet, but I'm a big believer that it's important to take prudent steps to plan for the unforeseen. And so we just want to have the ability to tap into any needed flexibility from a liquidity standpoint if we need it. So, again, we feel great about our liquidity. We feel great about our balance sheet. But we want to just take those prudent steps just in case the unforeseen occurred. Now, we know Washington seems up in arms about buybacks, but no one's saying anything bad about CEOs who buy back their stock. You've been quite active buying the stock into this weakness. Well, with Jim, I'm a believer in my company. I'm here for the long term. We think that we will create a great value and we'll create a great opportunity for shareholder value over the long term. And as CEO, if I don't have confidence in the company, then I don't know who will. 
Now, you're also doing things that I think are very important for the community. $25 million to support the emerging needs of associates, customers, communities. And I thought this was really interesting. A $10 million donation in essential protective products. That seems to be a real hole in the fabric of our country. And you're doing something about it. But how is it possible that we don't have that and that individual companies such as your own have to take care of this? Well, Jim, I think... Any large company has a civic responsibility to do all we can to help our community. And the moment we realized we had these shortages of N95 masks, we started to look around our entire supply chain and look at the healthcare providers, and we wanted to just do our part. And so we started to distributing and donating these N95 masks to, you know, NYU Langone Medical Center, Emory University, North Carolina. Uh, you know, healthcare providers in California, Washington State. It's, it's our responsibility to be a good corporate citizen, and we felt like that that's just one example of doing that. Now, I think it's important to point out, Martin, that there are customers, great construction people, including my friends who come by, and they hear that, and they know, you know what, Lowe's could be making more money than it is, but you're doing what's right for the country with that. Well, Jim, these are unprecedented times, and, and, and we know that at the end of the day, as an American citizen, an American-based company, we want to do all that we can to help our company through this really unique crisis that we're in. And, look, we don't care at all about anything other than trying to help make sure our associates, our customers, and our communities have everything we can provide so we can make it through this successfully as a country and as a community. And there's also things that you're doing that I like for employees. We have had a revolution in this country. We talk about it almost. We have the board almost every week. Teladoc. Always trying to figure out, does anyone recognize how important this is as a way to be able to keep people at work and not have them go to waiting rooms where they get sick? You fully embraced it. We fully embraced it, Jim. And, and irrespective if you have signed up for our medical benefits program or not, every associate in their family, even if you're seasonal, has access to our telemed program, so you can dial in, get a consultation from your home without having to go to the doctor's office, to your point. We feel like that's the minimum thing we can do for all our associates during these unprecedented times. All right, people have to recognize the big changes in your stores. You know that I use, and my wife goes to our Brooklyn store. It's probably about a block and a half away from us. Uh, if I went there now and said, you know what, I think I could get, I could do work, and I can be, please put me to work lows. Is that how I can get one of those jobs that you're offering? Because I know there's going to be people hurting for jobs. Jim, you could do it two ways. You can go, you can go to Lowe's.com under careers, and you can go through to any store that we have in the chain distribution center or any location that you can apply, or you can do it the old-fashioned way, and that's walk in and talk to anyone, and they can instruct you on how to apply. So we're looking for 30,000 employees. Uh, this is something that we feel is important for us to help the need of the macro environment. As you have great men and women who are unfortunately looking for work, we want to do our part to help out. Now, uh, can I also just point out that something that a lot of companies are doing that you're doing extra sick leave because we don't know. Geez, we've got you know 10 percent of the police in this city are sick. Uh, you are obviously making it so that if someone is sick, they don't have to go to work, but they still get paid. Yeah, Jim, two things. If, if you're sick, we don't want you to come to work. But even beyond that, if you fall into the high risk category defined by the CDC, we're giving you up to four weeks of paid time. Regardless if you're sick or not, if you just need the time to just redirect some of your home affairs, you got four weeks to do that, a paid leave. If you are not sick but you need time as a single mom 
or someone dealing with an elderly parent, we're going to give you two weeks of paid care. This is, again, one of the small things we can do to demonstrate to our associates that they matter to us, but also to make sure that we are agile doing these really, really unique, unprecedented times that we're building in. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. I think these are the big things that people in business can do, and you're doing them, and that's why you're a winner and Lowe's is a winner. I want to thank Marvin Ellison for everything you're doing for your employees, for your customers, and your country. President CEO of Lowe's, great to talk to you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Bad Money's back into the break. You know, I've been saying you got to be pretty careful with this rally because we still have a lot of bad news to process. Look at the way the market went down the second half of the day. That could start, uh, let's say, uh, let's get some real bad news that's going to start tomorrow. And that's when we get the first set of post-quarantine jobless claims numbers. If the layoffs are bad enough, this market is going to get slammed. So tonight, I want to get an early read on employment in America, courtesy of Paychex, the second largest payroll processor in the country, focused on small, medium-sized businesses, the ones that are under the most pressure from the pandemic. In the last month, this stock has been eviscerated because they make uh, less money when payroll shrink. But Paychex has put a strong quarter, and even though they lowered their full-year forecast slightly, it wasn't as bad as people expected, which is why the stock moved higher today. At one point, it was up 10% before sliding into the close. So, was Paychex punished too much, or is this merely the calm before the storm? Let's take a closer look with Marty Musi's, the straight-shooting president and CEO of Paychex, to get a better read on the quarter and how the labor markets are holding up. Mr. Musi, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Good to be here. All right, so, Marty, when I went over your conference call, I came away with two things. One, there are some industries that are just in trouble, and it's 5 to 6%. And it's restaurants where it's mandated closure. But then there are a lot of other companies that I think we would say are ratcheting back that aren't. And this is not, at least right now, something where people say, I got to start firing people or I'm not going to set up a new business. Well, Jim, I think what they're really doing now is is holding on to see what's going to happen with the stimulus package. You know, um, as I mentioned on the conference call, we had a great third quarter. As we lead into fourth, we took guidance down a little bit, as you mentioned, because what we got was people holding on. Some, about 50% of those in our app, this is live in the last three days, uh, inside doing payroll are saying, 50% are saying very minimal impact at this point. 40% are saying, hey, I've laid off some people or furloughed them, but I'm holding on trying to see what's going to happen with the support from the government. Well, it does feel in my talks with the administration, also with Congress, that this is actually a real stimulus package. This is not something it's shovel ready. We're hoping they're going to be able to build some excess on a turnpike. This seems like uh, particularly with the 500 billion that can be leveraged by Secretary Mnuchin to put to work, that the companies that you deal with are actually going to get some money to stay open to pay employees and then to have the loans forgiven by the time we beat COVID. Right. That's really I mean, we're very impressed with the speed and the degree of how much the federal government has done here uh, to get this a real stimulus package for small business. I think the biggest thing here is how fast can they get the cash flow to the small businesses? You know how that works. They need the cash flow if they're going to pay people, if they're going to hold them together. Two weeks ago, we had full employment. Their biggest issue was finding people. Now they want to keep them and make sure that they can rebound very quickly. So we need that cash in the hands of small businesses fast while they're still holding on. I also think that people have an older view of paychecks. You have a number of other businesses now 
that are very sticky and are not the kind of thing where they're going to call you and say, you know what, we just find we, we we are not doing business with paychecks. We have no need for paychecks. Those days are no longer the paychecks we know. Well, that's exactly right. You know, we talked about it on the call that 50 percent of our revenues come from non-payroll and non-small business as well. So uh, we are very strong from a technology standpoint now. And thank God for those investments in technology, because they have positioned us very well to support businesses, frankly, remotely. We have online training for your employees. We have an app that a mobile app that is very strong. You can contact all your employees through the mobile app. You know, you have pay on demand now that you can pay your employees after their eight hour shift. We have a lot of things that people can do remotely to keep small businesses strong and in business. At the same time, I think it was great. You put it right at the top of your call. Uh, You're the largest 401k record keeper in the U.S. Are people still saving? Are companies doing the right thing? And what do you think I should tell the Treasury Secretary tomorrow? I've been trying to say, listen, let's loosen up a little bit on 401k so make it so that people can pull some out of it maybe just because we need to have people tied over and feel a little bit more confident. What are you seeing? Well, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, People are looking to their 401k for loans. Uh, to be able to pull some out. We hope it's more loans so that they can get it back in there, waive a lot of the requirements, a lot of the issues where they it's difficult for them to take it out. You know, we're trying to make it very easy right through the mobile app to take a loan if you need it. That's the best way to do it so you can get back invested as things turn around. You know, our hope is still that this doesn't last too long. It's not like the last financial crisis that went on for, you know, probably seven quarters. This, we hope, will we hope will be less, and therefore the rebound we expect will be much faster. Now, again, I want to emphasize to people it is a, that restaurants are a very small part of the mosaic. I know people are very worried about that. But what is going to happen to the restaurants, Marty? Well, you know, Jim, I think what we're finding is they're trying again, they're trying to hold on to they're only about five or six percent of our business, but a very important part of that. And they're an bar- important part of the economy. So if we can hold on, if they can do takeout where they're shut down completely and, and people, you know, you always hear this thing. Can you buy gift cards, gift certificates from your favorite restaurants? Anything people can do to help support these small businesses and these restaurants is really important now because that demand is going to come racing back. I think everybody feels it. They're going to want to get out when they can and get back to this more of a restaurant-type situation. A lot of companies have been criticized. Uh, they stretch too thin. It turns out they didn't have the capital they thought. You have always been a steward of your capital. You're pretty much uh, about the best I've seen going into, uh, if we do go into a serious recession, paychecks is ready. It's a great, strong financial balance sheet. We have over $900 million in cash. We just reported at the end of this third quarter. We had a very strong third quarter. Seems like a long time ago, but we just finished the quarter last month, and we came out with 7% revenue growth, 9% net income growth. We have a very strong dividend that we've had for years. We have one of the best yields now, over 4%, and, uh, and we have a strong yield, and, we're, and the dividend is important to us. And so is cash flow. We have a great financial model, very strong company. Well, once again, people are getting a chance. Every time I've ever seen you, every time, and the stock has gotten hit, you have told a good story, and people come in and they thank me because I like conservative management, and I like good dividends, and I like growth, and you give us all. You give all three. Marty Musi, President and CEO of Paychex, always good to see you, sir. Thanks, Jim. 
I think that this economy is not rolling over. I think portions of it absolutely are because the government has shut them down. You can't open up if the government tells you not to do business. But that's only about five to six percent of what Marty's got going there. We have money's back after the break. It is time. It's time for the night. You can and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Stay down. It's time for the lightning round. Let's start with Angelica in California. Angelica. Booyah, Kramer. Yes, this is Angelica and my son, Aaron. I mean, Amelia. And so we have a question for you. Sure. to ask you about. Uh, I was going to ask about Medtronic. I'm kind of a beginner with stocks. Is this kid the real deal or what? Medtronic, I don't know if you saw Omar today, but he was fabulous. I could not believe that stock was trading under 80. That is a travesty. You want to buy that company. They got a great product lineup. Really fabulous. I want to go to Leo in Texas. Leo. Booyah, Jim from the Rio Grande Valley. First time caller. I love the uh, real grand. Yeah, Judge Roy Bean, I went to his house. Fabulous! What's up with Clorox? I can't get anything out of those people. Well, I, okay, now let's understand each other. Clorox shot up to 200. That was ridiculous. Clorox has probably, what, I'll tell you, if you call me and ask me about Rand Gold, which is now Barrick, versus Clorox, I'm telling you, what's this insurer supply? Clorox wipes. You want to buy Clorox right here. It's now come down 40 straight points. Chapel Trust owns it, sold some higher. Looking to buy back. Let's go to Gary in Florida. Gary! Jim, long-time listener, I All right. greatly respect your opinion and insight. Would love to hear your thoughts on ICE. I, this stock is falling down in a straight line. Like this, It's like it's selling iced Eskimos. No, candidly, this company is inexpensive now for the first time in multiple years. There's going to be trading. That's not the end of trading. That's ridiculous. That's a buy. Hey, we're not done. We're going to Trevor in Texas. Trevor! Jimmy Chill Clorox, how you doing? Well, I don't know. My wife said enough with the chill. She says it's not the time to fool around, Jim. I said, okay, no more chill. What's up, man? All right. Well, I'm, I'm a quarantined Baylor student sitting here looking at utilities. I've got one where I see what I think are some good numbers, but I also see $1.2 billion in revolving credit just last week. Dominion Energy. You know I like Dominion. You know because you watch the show. We like Tom Farrell. We know it's what he's doing. We get 5.5%. And what I say is, Baylor, before this thing with the NCA and the March Madness, you were going to be in the top bracket. Oh, and that's the end of The Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. What works and what doesn't. At any given time, there are companies that are doing well, companies that are doing okay, companies that are doing poorly. Right now, we've also got a fourth category. Companies that are currently stinking up the joint, but should thrive when things get back to normal. Holy grail, companies that are crushing it now and will keep crushing it after the smoke clears because they're riding new, powerful, secular trends that we didn't even think about before the pandemic. 
Let's start with the best of the best. This quarantine has shown the world just how easy it is to use Zoom video. Even tech doofuses like me can make it work. The quality is fabulous and will run even better on your phone once we get to 5G. For people working from home right now, Zoom's a necessity. I bet it's here to stay. Turns out millions of people can do their jobs just fine from home. Plus, you can take back an hour or two that might have been stuck in traffic, cutting carbon emissions while we're at it. This outbreak has been like a gigantic society-wide proof of concept for working remotely. I think Zoom CEO Eric Yuan is a hero here. Cisco also has a terrific video conferencing platform, but remember, it's not a pure play. Next is Zscaler. Have you seen that stock? This has been amazing. This cloud-oriented cybersecurity play is ideal for people working from home. I like CrowdStrike, too. Oh, and of course, there's Teladoc, which we heard from on Monday, because telemedicine is taking the world by storm. Who wants to sit in a waiting room when there's an illness that we have no natural immunity for raging in this country? The work-from-home economy is so strong that I'm betting office-building leases could actually be hurt by this. Maybe that's why you see some of these deals break down. All of these companies were doing really well before the coronavirus outbreak, and they're going to keep doing well after there's a portfolio. Now, not diversified, though. One more thing here. You know who else is thriving? Nike. They reported some great Chinese numbers last night. I wouldn't chase it up here, but I think the stock is a buy on any weakness. And we're going to get weakness. Don't worry. This ain't over. Second category, well, you got the slow and steady win the race companies that are doing fine now. Keep doing fine because they make drugs or consumer staples. I saw Hershey go up, but the paradigm is Johnson & Johnson. AAA balance sheet, strong quarter, excellent pipeline, just a good, solid business. It's basically recession-proof. That has seen its stock get crushed. Third, who's struggling here but will thrive when things get better? You know, I'm going to start with the big one. I'm going to start with Apple. Yes, China's coming back online. Sooner or later, the same thing's going to happen in Europe and the United States. and the retail stores will be open in China. When it happens, I expect Apple to come back stronger than before. And that's why the Deutsche Bank upgrade resonated so much. Apple can be bought, especially as it teetered, stock teetered into the close after an otherwise very constructive session. Who else fits in this category? Well, let me give you a while. One I haven't talked about lately. It's Facebook. They just cut numbers yesterday because their advertising business is getting hammered. It's not as strong as Apple, but it might be worth owning if the stock gets driven low enough. Turns out Facebook's a lot more cyclical than most people thought because at the end of the day, it's advertising and the ad industry is cyclical. But they have a lot of new businesses that turned out they're not monetizing yet, but they could end up monetizing. Finally, they're the real losers, the ones that might never recover, even with federal bailout money. It's the cruise stocks. They all roared today because apparently the Senate bill is something for them. I say, so what? The government can give the industry all the money at once, but they can't make people take cruises. And we've learned that these ships can be terrifying incubators for the coronavirus. It's unfortunate, but true. The cruise lines can't recover until people stop being scared. That won't happen until we beat this thing. And then people put it out of their memory. I think these companies are both cyclical and secular losers. My wife and I were about to take a cruise before the outbreak because some levels of the ship seemed like the old Cunard lines it used to ferry people across the Atlantic when, when ships were kings. Now, though, I see them as uh, hospitality maybe turn hospital ships, desperately searching for a port that might take them. That's the opposite of Zoom. If you, can st- if you still own any cruise stocks, you know what? I think you've got to use the strength to get out of them. Even if the government does the best to save them, which I know it's going to try, a recovery for these companies is going to be years out. Good for the customer when it comes, it comes to prices, but terrible when it comes to the stocks. Sell, sell, sell. Stick with Kramer. market looked great today. We thought the checks would be in the mail, and then suddenly the checks are hauled up, and then the market just gets cut in half. That's not what we want. they got to get the money to the people, to the workers. Micron, good number tonight. 
we could have a good rally if it weren't for the fact that they're delaying the money to be put in your hands. We can't have that happen anymore. It is too dire, and we must do our part. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I'm going to see you tomorrow. Please do not miss a CMC special feature, Town Hall Pandemic, and the path forward with my good buddy, Scott Wapner. I'm watching it. You should, too. CNBC's Workforce Executive Council is a premier group of C-suite human resources executives from leading companies across the country. It offers a members-only portal and chat, plus exclusive industry content, with access to breaking news calls and digital networking experiences. The network and resources HR leaders need now. Apply to the Workforce Executive Council at cnbccouncils.com slash WEC.